0: i managed to pull it off this time I mean, I mean that's on me that's on me oh. no I'm i mean the if one it's that it, asked for it well. <laughs> this is uh guys so welcome back to cut three take three of <laughs> episode three of unhacked this is the third attempt in recording this and i'll just own it up uh, own up to it the first time we tried to do this i forgot to turn the mics on in the recording <laughs> software and then, Joe, you and I just got about halfway through the recording and uh, noticed that my computer had gone to sleep and killed the recording
1: again. But you know, if you were a doctor in, an o- in a hospital and left your laptop sitting there, uh, it would lock up just like that. So you'd know you'd yeah. be secure and somebody, oh, a yeah. uh, passerby, could uh, collect something. I know. We do this on I purpose. Yeah,
0: I... Isn't this the trade-off, though? <laughs> and this is always the issue with security, is with every protection we put in place, it comes at a penalty in productivity. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, you got
1: one end of the spectrum of security and the other yeah. is ease of use. Uh, right. got to find that happy medium.
0: And it's a struggle. It is. is. Most conversations I have with clients are regarding that balance. Absolutely. And it, usually it's around money, but I try to get the conversation more towards like what outcome are you looking for? Right. Let's look at productivity. Okay. We can save a few bucks on security tools, but really what we're trying to do is how much can we make. By using technology. How much can we leverage yeah. this stuff to actually, you know, put money in your pockets? So. <laughs> Save $10, make $10,000. Uh, you choose. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, let's try this again. Yeah. Uh, we are, like I said, episode three. We're going to talk about the life of a CISO. CISO. Which stands for? Cybersecurity oh, Chief Information... Chief Information Security, Security, Officer. Security Officer. Sorry, we've, got, all right. we've been
1: playing the acronym game oh all my, day. There's, there's so many acronyms. So many acron- I'm so sick of it. I know. It's like we use these to save time, but really it's like, yeah. let's let's just add on an ellipses another five-minute tangent to every conversation we have in life. <laughs> Do you watch The
0: Office? I did. Yeah. Uh, was it Kevin that he... he- shortened up all of his words to save time Uh, and they spent 20 minutes talking about how much time he or or how nobody could understand him and (laughs) that was the end look how much time we've wasted by trying to save time all right uh and and uh yeah we spend a lot of time trying to save money we spend a lot of money trying to save money too that's a different subject but (laughs) all right let's get into the life of a chief information security officer and i feel like i've talked about this so much that I'm bored with the subject, so I'm going try to try to keep it going. Um, what got me going on this one is like, okay, so you and I live in the world of security. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of things. Our jobs, we have a lot of hats, but I'll tell you personally, the one that keeps me up at night is, am I protected, number one, from a cybersecurity threat of any sort? And number two, am I properly protecting my clients? Yeah. That's the stuff that haunts me. What about you? Is, is it similar or do you have, I know you've got even more on your mind than me probably. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just,
1: it's it's what i live in it's just what i what that is life <laughs>
0: probably some version of that along with did you get everybody taken care of did you get all the projects done that right may not even be security related yeah so it's a it's a it's a busy world that we live in and it's a stressful world there's a lot of burnout in this industry yeah um it's just it's a lot of stress uh mental health is an issue that we have to look at you know i I don't remember if I've told this on one of a previous episode or one that we just didn't record, but you know, one thing we try to do around here is give you guys a day off every month, which right. usually works out. I know sometimes it doesn't, but um, we do try to step on that. So with all of the things that weigh upon us in the world of technology and security, this caught my attention, this dude named Andrew Smeaton. Who works for Data Robot out of Boston, which is a cloud provider, and not what? What do you keep talking about? Boston
1: Dynamics. I couldn't think of that name earlier. Oh, oh okay. okay. So those are the like the guys that have the robot dogs and like, like
0: are they are they even real? Are they? Real? Oh yeah, oh, okay. definitely yeah. I always wonder if it's. Computer animation, or if it—no, yeah, yeah,
1: they've got they've got a few different animatronics that are okay. Just, I mean, really, really cool, and no telling what they're not working. You know, showing us, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: interesting. So not that company. Huh? So, so not that company. Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. guy, he's a, a CISO, Chief Information Security Officer. Tons of things on his mind right now, but he finds out he's got these coworkers over in Ukraine in this literal war zone. Mm. You know, a lot of what we do is I'll call it a figurative war, even though it's kind of. I don't know. Whatever. So he, he embarks on this 4,500-mile trek to go save somebody, a coworker from a war zone in Ukraine. And I'm just like, dude, like you don't have enough to worry about. Number one, guys, I'm not advocating this. I personally don't think I would walk into a war zone to try to save somebody. Um, I, I don't know, though, honestly. because So our, our number one company core value is we take care of our own. Yeah. So I don't know. That's tough. This is challenging for me to like. All right, Joe, you're stuck in Ukraine. Am I coming to save your ass or not? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. If it was you, I probably would. I'd appreciate somebody that that was just a coworker in a company of hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousands of employees. (laughs) Maybe, Ah. maybe Venmo Venmo dings or something like.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're buying Starbucks on us. Right. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I, I. I'll, like I said, what I would or wouldn't do, what you should or shouldn't do is not the point of this, but it did catch my attention because we already live in this really stressful world, and now you've got a guy walk, walking into a war zone. So we're going to talk about the life of a CISO today, and first up, let's dig into what not to do. So I think, Joe, as we've uh, practiced this podcast a few times, you probably <laughs> have heard this story before, um, but I'm going to get through it again. My wife is a school teacher at one of the local districts uh, here in the great state of Texas and her workstation, it's a, a MacBook, whatever. School issued. School issued, which means they should be protecting it, keeping it uh, safe from any prying eyes, whether they be foreign or domestic enemies. (laughs) Uh, Turns out she had a domestic enemy in her classroom. Do they know that? They, They, so they're not being very, Yeah. Up front with her. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, that's fine. It's a good question. Um, Part of the issue is they've been pretty vague with her and pretty, like, casual. Just, you know, so this is what we keep digging into, right? If if we had a client who called up and said, hey, my my workstation was breached. All right, well, calm down. What does that mean? Or hacked. That's what we'll hear. And then they, they clarify that somebody, unknown user, gained full access, took control of the mouse and keyboard. I, the user... I'm not able to shut it down. I have no control over it anymore. They start playing music in the overhead speaker system for my computer. And that's what's what happened here. That's right? what's happened to her, yeah. So she's teaching the class in the middle of teaching, and her computer gets taken over, and they start blasting music over the, you know, because it's tied into the sound system in the yeah. classroom, you know, for their audiovisual system. Starts blasting this uh, vulgar music, and, and it just really freaks her out. No, yeah. And, and so should. she just hit the power button, held it down until the yeah. computer shut off and, of course, had a little bit of an emotional outburst as <laughs> expected. Um, Didn't you say it was on her birthday? It was on her birthday, yeah. yeah so she's just so. like, happy birthday to me. <laughs> really frustrated with these kids. And, um, you know, and, and she made the assumption that it was a student. Yeah. It turns out, at least as far as we know, that it was, in fact, a student. But what this that's was, based on her assumption and the so some administrator confirmed it to her. OK, it was not the principal because I found out like it was a week or two later that the principal said, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Oh, really? So I don't know what their chain of command is. It's disturbing on so many levels <laughs> how this was happened. Let's handled. back up. I, I, I know. I know. There
1: are so many things wrong with what happened here. But. <laughs> OK, so she's in the middle of class. She's doing a presentation, and all of a sudden, uh, she loses control to her laptop. Yep. Music starts blaring out of the speakers. She can't move or do anything on her, on her, book, Correct. her MacBook. Correct. So she turns it off. Then what? Yep.
0: Uh, yeah, then what? Then she told everybody to put their heads down and don't touch anything, <laughs> don't talk. That's, that's then what? Yep. Um, that's not what you're asking. So she's, she starts rolling this up the chain of command. She talked to the local technician, told him what happened, and that technician said, I'll help you reset your password for AirPlay. That's crazy. Now, to my knowledge, there was no investigation whatsoever. It was just the assumption made that somebody, a student, had taken over her workstation via Apple AirPlay. So if that's all it was, first of all, that sounds fishy. But if yeah, that's all it was, uh, uh, yeah. are you shitting me right now? <laughs> it, this is so, set up so insecurely that a student can take over a workstation of a teacher <laughs> through Apple Airplay. Yeah. And then and then let's assume that really is what happened. The only resolution was I'll help you change your password. No worries. That's that's like what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So she's telling me and she's mostly just trying to cry on my shoulder and and probably just wants emotional support. And me, I go into work mode and I'm ranting at this point. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I go into the laws that this kid's broken. Uh, again, assuming it's a kid, it could be anybody. Yeah, that's the other thing. So as
1: far as you know, nobody remoted into her computer. Nobody actually, if any kind of investigation was done, it was on the back end, if it happened at all.
0: Correct. No authorized user remoted into her computer, an unauthorized one did, but no no technical resource or security resource checked her computer yeah. out to my knowledge <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. So sure, did they pull remote logs? Maybe. Yeah. But when uh, when this finally climbed the ladder to get to the district-wide security like the top of the chain of command for security the response was something to the effect of uh, I asked the lower technician about the details and based on their feedback I'm not worried about this if you teacher end user are worried about it because you have so much experience in the world of cybersecurity I will instruct this lower end technician to reformat your hard drive (laughs) <laughs> but you decide. Which
1: is basically a big middle finger because who, who wants to just wipe all their data? Right. Start right. over fresh. He's basically like, here's what you can do. You know, let me, let me put it on your shoulders and you most likely will not want to follow through. And then I can just close this ticket and not have to think right. about it ever again. Right. Except let's just, you know, hey, what if it's not? What if it's actually somebody else that's doing something? And probably if I were a hacker, that's exactly what I do is do something that a little kid would do while I'm. You know, accessing the network sure. on the back end and doing the actual
0: big boy stuff. Right? Exactly. Look at yeah. my hand over here. Exactly. Don't look at what I'm doing down here. Exactly. <laughs> so many things wrong with this. Um, Policy wise. Yeah. Yeah. Wise, culture. And it really, yeah. for me, this comes down to the what I try to drive home all the time when I'm preaching cybersecurity is that yeah. it's culture. Yeah. We can set up security measures. We can put antivirus in place. We can put firewalls in place. We can monitor the hell out of it. But when we have a culture like this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you'll always lose to the yeah. to the bad guys. Yep. Because the good guy who tried to raise a flag and say, "Hey, here's a problem," right. was shut down and told to sit down and shut up. Yeah. In effect, that's what she was told. Yeah. If you buy the top of the line safe, uh, you know, spend all kinds of money on it, but you leave the door open. What's right. The point? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> this this was really really troubling to me um but i will add that so i will uh, let me let me point out that uh you know your your face is a little red but since
1: you know we like <laughs> we mentioned we we've recorded this now three times, three times. at least this particular story <laughs> And you, you've actually de-escalated. So this is the least excited Justin you're getting it here. It's it it's is. kind of a shame. He was very he's very pumped up, and this is I mean and rightly so. This, I
0: mean, dude, I've been ranting about this for like three weeks. My wife is so sick of hearing it happened to her, and I'm more emotional yeah. than she is about it. She's sick of me talking about this. I,
1: God damn. Yeah.
0: Um, <sighs> anyway, so let's, yeah. Let, did I miss anything? I've told it so many times, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on, but I'm just, I, I point this out, guys, as what not to do. And it's, it's about bedside manner. It's about not handling the situation with the end user, you know, like to support them, to instill yeah. trust upon the, in them. And it's also just, like I said, it's a culture thing. Mm-hmm. So, so she has been taught that if something bad happens to her computer, shut up like don't even bother reporting it because right. they they're not going to do anything they're just going to say hey well we're not worried about it are you worried about it teacher right all right so they're not worried why the hell should i be worried <laughs> i'm just going to shut off my computer and teach with a pencil and paper you know i don't yeah like it's it's re- and this is a district who has pushed everything away from paper and onto electronic it's google classroom google everything uh the, all the kids have ipads nobody has textbooks Everything's electronic, and their security is so weak that a student can go in and take full control of a teacher's MacBook. Which, by the way, has access to the grades, to absolutely other people's grades. Yeah, and know. so
1: so she knows All the point
0: when she was locked out of her computer by the student. She doesn't know how long they had access to things behind, or if the
1: there's screen. still access, right? Correct. Like as far as you know, they didn't do an actual uh, investigation.
0: They I don't didn't, think they like, did. Do any unless it was on the back end and doing some logs. But even – so if they did, I'll say the, the problem here is that none of that was communicated to the end user. Yeah. There was never any reassurance given her other than I'm not worried about this. If you are, I'll have somebody format your hard drive. Yeah. That's yeah, middle odd, finger. Outrageous. Middle finger. So that's what not to do. And now, Joe, <laughs> let's talk about some headlines that are out there. Uh, yeah, so we were, we were wanting to just do a quick rapid fire. The life
1: of a CISO or, you know – You kind of got to stay thumb on the pulse all the time. This is kind of what we're getting at or or leaning into. We have to stay on top of this kind of stuff. We got to know about all the new things that are going on. So this is like a, this is the 30 minutes in the morning of, hey, let's find out what's going on in the world. Um, We got to, you know, thumb on the pulse. We got to figure out what's going on. So we're going to do a little rapid fire, some headlines. Yeah.
0: Just of the week. If I quit hitting my microphone, we'll get through these pretty quick. So there was a botnet that has taken over Asus routers. Now, on the surface, so ASUS routers—they're a big name, huge correct? name. I would—I mean, if you told me that, uh, that
1: they're the what you go when you go walk in at Best Buy, if you told me they were the number one uh, consumer, consumer router, you know, that's sold in America, I would not, you know, blink an eye.
0: Okay. Now, that said, how many of our clients do you think use this for their primary source of security? Well, that's the thing—is like, you know, they might have a commercial or enterprise firewall or you know super protection at the office but it, today you know there's so many work from home people yeah, yeah so that's it right so we don't put these out anywhere we don't manage asus routers right. anywhere to my knowledge but but, they, but yeah but now we've gone to this work from home model quickly we all did this really fast in an emergency state um man how many of these asus routers are out there being uh, taken over because I know this isn't new. didn't you say that this was a little bit old? Yeah, it's a couple of years. I mean
1: honestly this is just like point of finger they're just digging up uh, things that they
0: true enough, but this is do. a problem that remains out there. So how many of our so the thing is guys, you've got to protect and monitor all of your network endpoint. If it touches the internet, somebody's got to be protecting that thing yeah. And you've got these consumer grade routers out there that for a couple of years now have a vulnerability that unless they've been patched, that Still exists, so your router at home could be part of a botnet that's launching attacks on it. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, what was I gonna say? It reminds me, I there's still uh, thousands of Windows 7 machines out there that are totally vulnerable to, yeah, yeah, of things, and they're still up and running like
0: commercials, <laughs> commercial
1: grade Windows, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, and one of the common servers and stuff,
0: the common objections I get when I'm trying to sell security services is. Uh, my data is not that important or I don't have anything anybody wants to steal. Right. So my pushback always is if you have a device connected to the internet, you have something somebody wants to steal. Yeah. Even if it's just access to your resources that they then use to launch attacks on other people. Yeah. You then become part of criminal, you know, like these, these crime rings, these thugs that yeah. are doing all kinds of illegal activity. Yeah. The,
1: the big thing right now is, uh, you know, getting those spam emails saying, hey, you're click here to log into your office 365 or, you know, Hey, you've got an IRS refund or whatever. And then you click a link and it takes you to a, a phony website where it's harvesting your credentials, where it's, it looks like office 365, you log in. It's, but it's really a, you know, a fake website. Well, that web, that, that page that you click, you know, that you went to, that was, that's somebody's uh, either website or it's being hosted somewhere. could be hosted on somebody's Asus router. Who knows? Exactly. That somebody breached and, well, well and they last didn't care because there's nothing to hide, but now they're they're accomplices
0: essentially. Last week, and this is kind of a tangent, but last week we talked about securing websites, yeah, and how we don't always think about that, how important that is. So, yeah, these these phishing emails when you click on it and it goes to a website, to steal credentials, sometimes those pages that you go to are actually a sub-page of a hacked website. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, a legitimate business running a legitimate website. Yeah. But they don't know that they have this page not linked to anything. Yeah. That people are getting redirected to for and credentials. And they're not going to gonna
1: really know unless you know they're they've got an active web developer or security at least right. behind the web. You start
0: seeing these pages pop up that they didn't build? If they even
1: show, I mean, right? Scripts that show, right. Right. Keep them hidden and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah maintenance
0: a lot to think about yeah a lot to think about uh life in a CISO, right this is the stuff we have to worry about (laughs) day in and day out and uh okay so i thought this one was interesting you've got people now whether they're stealing asus routers and using you know marshaling those into an army or or whatever but you have what we call hacktivists uh hackers who are activists politically that are targeting they're just taking sides in this war between russia and ukraine you've got people launching attacks uh, to make a statement against Russia against Ukraine whatever most of them are against Russia because Russia is the bad guy
1: well that's that's what designates a hacktivist versus a hacker right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> your intentions well not intentions but whose side are you on yeah yeah so like if a russian was hacking they're a, a they're, hacker they're a hacker but if you're a us hacker you're, yeah, you're a activist yeah yeah you're you're so a, ridiculous you're a good bad guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is why the the federal law I bring that up a lot because if you gain access to somebody's network without their permission, or elevated access, any any subset of access that you're not supposed to have, that's a federal crime. Yeah. Um, this I don't care if your intentions are good. I don't care if you're just a a, a dumb kid playing a practical joke. This is big stuff. This is super yeah. illegal. With real land you in federal is. penitentiary. Yeah. So careful. Um, <laughs> Another another fishing this this one only caught my attention because I'm tired of it. Like how many times do we get these fishing campaigns that are about bank or allegedly from your bank? Citibank is the most recent one, or at least the the article I'm holding in my hand. Uh yeah, it, what is it's it? tiring. Well, just there's New just an active emails target Citibank. They're just saying, hey, your Citibank account is about to be locked. You need to log in and, you know, reactivate it or something like that. Right. That's that's usually what it, what they say. Yeah. Or uh, there's been suspicious activity on your account. You need to click here and authorize it or deauthorize it. You
1: know what I've thing. been getting lately uh, is text messages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll get a text message and it'll say like, hey, you just approved one hundred and fifty bucks to Amazon.com." You know, was that you? If it's not, click here to dispute or whatever. And I, you know, I've never clicked on the link, but I'm pretty sure that's a <laughs> that's another fake website or, oh, yeah. or you know a, ha- a breach website that it takes me to log in and
0: yeah. So I mean, like it. quickly, just kind of a pointer for people. What what would you haven't clicked on the link? Kudos, yeah. bravo. So what what can you do though? Well, I mean, any anything that comes from a number, I don't know, it's screened or
1: you know, I definitely. You said it was from a bank. All- did this sorry it, I was, it just a text message
0: that said what say me tell me again uh you've
1: you know and I've, there's so many of them the one i was talking about uh was you know you made a purchase on amazon okay hundred
0: and something bucks amazon or, i i still had banks in my brain so i knew you hadn't said bank thing. so it's yeah. amazon right ir, irregardlessly that's a fun word <laughs> um it's not a word guys It is a word. They've added it to the
1: dictionary because stupid
0: people. (laughs) Because stupid people like me make podcasts and say (laughs) irregardlessly. Uh, Okay, so you get a text message from Amazon, air quotes, and it says, click here to, you know, either verify or not. This, Yeah, if this was you, don't worry about it, but click here if it wasn't. So folks, please don't click the link. But what can you do? Go to Amazon. Like just grab a different computer, preferably a different device. Go to your Amazon account, log in the way you normally do and check. Yeah. So there's an option. Yep. Same thing if it's a bank. Or you your know, bank, yeah. Bank no. emails you, hey, warning. Right. Unauthorized activity on your account. Click here. No, don't click there. Yeah. Go to your browser. Preferably use a bookmark that you already have set up and a password saver, password manager, because all of those things, are, it's just one more step that will prevent you from mistyping something or going to a you know, a, a URL that's not right. valid. So, uh, yeah, just use a different way of accessing that and, and find out if it's real or not. Almost always they're not real. Yeah. But the problem is sometimes they are. You know, yeah. I do get fraud alerts on my, you know, via text message yeah. from my bank. Sure. So Well then hey, you talk you to your bank and you,
1: yeah, you find out for real. Yeah. Don't click the link.
0: Well they'll never they won't have a link though. The, what they'll have is reply. Right. One for yes, no, two. Or a for customer no, or, support or something like that. Right. Yeah. Or call. Yeah. But if they give you a phone number, don't call it. Yeah. Go get the number on your own. Yeah, that's yeah. Get it off yeah. of their website. Make yep. sure So geez, so much to just yeah. be aware of. Bad guys are always trying to get one, one step ahead. And, you know, <sighs> Dang man, the, the more we talk about this, I know that the tendency is to get on overload, to get overwhelmed, and then just to think that it's hopeless. What, what can we really do? And, and the point I always want to drive home to people is we can't be 100%, but we can be on. We can always be on. We can always be aware, and we can always be watching. So yeah. uh, IRS, that's another one. There's campaigns right now allegedly from the IRS telling you you forgot to fill out this form right or you did something wrong. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah I've seen you, those. You've got those. Sure. So just be aware of it, that's all. Uh, Android malware, this is... I, I always worry about Android because because the assumption is... Well, no, because I don't hear about a lot of breaches on Android phones or iPhones, right? I know it's theoretically possible, but the world you and I live in, Joe, how many times just as a percentage of actual of suspicious behavior, not suspicious, actual fraudulent behavior, How what percentage of them do you personally deal with in the world of smartphones? Uh, I mean, that's a hard thing to answer. It's kind of like I the guess. website thing. I know, but like number of calls, calls in a month, anything that's well, legitimate. Well, here's, here's the issue. Is okay. the call because somebody's phone has got breached?
1: Eh, not that many. Do I get a call as a result of their phone being breached? Or, you know, somebody side loaded an app or they did something stupid. They jailbroke it and now uh, or they use the same password for on their phone for this this game that they play as they do for their Facebook and their bank account. How many of those? A lot more. A whole
0: lot more. Really? Okay. Yeah. But so actual malware, this is what I like. like we deal with uh, pull up the logs on a firewall. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of attacks a, a minute, probably. Yeah. Like just it's, it's deluge. Um, we protect against all of them for the most part. Um, nope, yeah, it's, all of them. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to decide what I'm even asking here. Um, I am personally aware of attacks almost nonstop against networks, against workstations, against software, mm-hmm. but I'm not personally aware of attacks that go on, on my smartphone.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I don't have a blind spot there. I'm always worried about it. I'm aware of it. I'm watching for permissions. When I install something, I try not to install free programs because I understand full well that if the program's free, then I am the product being sold. Yeah. Uh, But I still, I don't hear, this is one of the few times where I've seen a headline about actual Android malware doing bad things on a phone.
1: And that's Escobar. So, again, that's the rebranded, it's from sideloading. Aberbot? Aberbot? Yeah. yeah. So, that's a bacon trojan. When you sideload an app, I mean. So, tell people what sideload is. That's, it's. It's when you use like a computer. Like you're not using the Google Store to put an app on your right. phone. You're okay. you're doing it through other means, and, and not to there. mention you have to jailbreak it. You have to jailbreak your Android phone to make that happen anyway. Because uh, I've
0: definitely an- downloaded apps from outside of the Play Store. Yeah, but they're still they're still Google st- uh, Store okay. authorized. Okay. They've got gotcha. to have gotcha.
1: If they're not, then by default Andro- uh, Android won't let you. Okay. All right. Them. So you got to sideload them first. You got to jailbreak, then you got to sideload them. So that's that's
0: the tip on this one then. Like, don't jailbreak your phone. Well, if you do, you better know what you're doing. Correct. <laughs> Most of the audience we're after yeah. probably
1: shouldn't be doing this. Right. But who's who doesn't have a nephew or whatever that wants to throw their iTunes playlist over on there, and they got to figure out a way. To right. That yeah.
0: Kind of stuff. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful. Uh, all right and let's see, let's We're, we're going to kind of move to wrap this up. So I'm going to, I'm going to fast track and we're going to call that the end of the headline section. Yeah. Now, again, the point I wanted to make is that you and I live in a world of chaos. Fair. No. Oh, yeah. Or we're always worried about, uh, what's going on out there. If our clients are protected, uh, on top of that, we have to make sure that they're being responded to quickly and that the projects are being finished on time. And like, there's just a lot going on in our world. Yep. Um, to the extent that I, I lose sleep. I don't know if you lose sleep, Joe. I, I won't make you say that out publicly, <laughs> but um, it's just... It's, well, this isn't makeup under my eyes. That's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say that. right. So what would you add? Like the... What does a, just briefly, a day in your life look like? And talk specifically about the stress, the emotion of it, uh, the challenge of it, as far as making sure that people stay safe.
1: Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's a pretty big one. Uh, it's 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 just living this. This is this is my life, is kind of just staying on the pulse and mitigating and staying on the pulse and mitigating. Uh that'd actually be a fun you wanna do that? Let's let's save that for a podcast. That sounds okay, like a, let's a make whole, a full episode a full about thing that one. Of here here's a okay. day, you know, day and day and Joe's life All right. kind of thing. Okay.
0: We'll do that. So I'll just—I'm just going to get to my point. So most of the time, when we get on these, you know, each episode, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about breaches. We're going to talk about what's out there, Mm -hmm. um, because the point I constantly make is that these things are preventable. Yeah, ninety-seven percent statistically could have been prevented with basic security measures. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll never quit. 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 I'll never quit pounding that drum, beating that. Jesus, I can't even talk today. (laughs) Uh, This is because this is take three. (laughs) So, um, I—I just—I have to make the point that. When I, when I run into people who think that they either don't have data that needs to be protected, they don't have resources that need to be protected, or, God forbid, they think that they can do it on their own. Now, I'm not calling people stupid. I'm just saying that unless you live this world and l- just
1: yeah, nonstop and thinking yeah, about
0: good. security, I live in it, and it terrifies me, and I, I'm constantly wondering where my blind spots are because right. they're out there. And so if you think you can run your business and you can be good at your craft and you can do the accounting and you can do the sales and you can do the marketing and you can be a cybersecurity expert, good luck. Yeah. And and what that really translates to is, like the title of this episode, if you don't have a CISO, if you don't have somebody that you lean on for security, a chief information security officer at your company, then from a legal or from a liability standpoint, you are that guy. And if your company gets breached and client records are lost or whatever lawsuits come out of this regulatory audits and fines come out of this and they're coming after you like this is nobody's going to pat you on the back and say, you know, you're a victim of a crime here. They're going to say, what the hell? Why did, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you hire somebody? Why didn't you do, you know, so it's just, it's a really risky thing to do. Um, We are constantly evaluating our security posture Daily, we're looking at, are we doing this right? What are the headlines? Where do we need to make improvements? Um, and so my plea from a, eh, sure, there's a, there's a little greed in it because I want to sell you something. But man, you you better be watching this. So with that, go to mastercompeting.com slash discovery and just book a 10-minute web meeting with me. I'm going to stop saying phone call or call because people <laughs> think it's happening over the phone. Book a 10-minute web meeting with me and let me just run you through a few verbal checks. That's what we're going to do. and And I can, at the end of this 10 minutes, I can show you, this is why we do a web meeting, a graphical representation of where your blind spots are. Now, you're under no obligation. Take that information and run it right back to your IT guy and say, hey, what's going on here? And you watch them squirm. Watch them make all kinds of excuses on why we don't know what we're talking about and they're fine and you're fine. Uh, But then you decide if you're comfortable with the report and uh, go from there. But I'm telling you, uh, like we always say, 97% of these things could have been prevented. But once you get hit, you can't get unhacked. Joe, any final words?
1: Oh man, you just got me thinking.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll stop. I'll just say, update. If you got an HP printer, go update it. Turn off oh, okay. See, and
0: that's it. There's always something. <laughs> there's always something new. So, yeah. all right, guys, just jump on there. Ten minute call, no obligation. Uh, let to oh, web meeting, not call. Ten minute web meeting. They can call it. Yeah, they can call it. We can um, let us let us give you at least a second opinion. Yeah. All right. That's all we got. All right, guys. See you next week.